0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We're continuing our series in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles or your devices, you can take your smartphone and turn to Acts chapter 11. Or your iPad or your tablet, Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Today we're gonna begin at uh, Acts chapter 11, beginning at verse one. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it, had, as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa. And where was he in Joppa? Come on. And where's Simon the Tanner's house? By the, sea. By the sea. There we go. Okay. One of those little things with the repetition of Scripture. I mean that that is repeated like three or four times. So that's that's interesting. Okay. Meanwhile back at the ranch. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not lord nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth the voice spoke from heaven a second time do not call anything impure that god has made clean this happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again right then three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel, how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. Is that Simon the Tanner's house by the sea? Okay, okay. He went... He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Father, we thank you for your word. Now we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to breathe upon this passage the life that you have for us today. Let us have ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. For we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Jerusalem, we have a problem. Oh brother. Yeah. Here here this account with Cornelius starts in chapter 10. It, it, the the volume of verses that the scripture has that covers this account, it's repeated, it's, it's there. It, it's one of those things like if you were teaching, the, the law of repetition would be one of the main things that you would do. You would tell people what you're going to say, you would say it and then you'd tell them what you told them. And so you'd have it reinforced three times. We have the angel of the Lord come and he's preparing Peter and he's preparing Cornelius and then... Cornelius sends the guys, uh, his, his servants and, and a soldier to Peter and then Peter encounters and he hears what has already happened to Cornelius as they come and report because they're trying to show him that they need to come, he needs to come with them. Now this is going way outside the Jewish boundaries of proper behavior. Jews do not have any association with Gentiles and especially personal you don't enter their domicile you don't go into their house you, you don't have that kind of that kind of connection so you have all this supernatural revelation we have vision we have trance we have angels we have uh, all the stuff uh, a voice from heaven speaks we have all this supernatural phenomena to help get the gospel out of just us for and no more into the earth and and permeating the Gentiles, the rest of mankind. Because with the Jew, there was the Jew and there was everybody else. And so as they enjoyed being God's chosen people, they hadn't understood the purpose why God chose them. He chose them to be the instrument, to be a priest with him, but also to release his love to all. And so now it's, it's happening. Peter, a Jew, it comes, he has the revelation, and, and so we see that it gets repeated again. So that's all happened. This is history, and now the, the result of it is that there is murmuring in the ranks. There's, there's gossip that's going all through Judea about Peter, the chosen apostle, who is in violation of something that was really, really important to Jewish law. And so it spread, it spread rapidly. (laughs) He goes from Joppa to Caesarea, has the event at Caesarea, and then poof, it's all over Judea. So now he's coming back home, he's going into Jerusalem, he's done with his resort at Simon the Tanner's house, he's coming back to Jerusalem, and now the apostles and all the believers, the circumcised believers, they hear about it and they're criticizing Peter. Jerusalem, we have a problem. Chapter 11 is about problem and solution. The problem is identified in the very first verses of chapter 11. They were criticizing Peter because they didn't understand. So Peter has to to deal with this. So the problem, the Gentiles had received the word And that's a problem. Isn't that a problem? When people hear the gospel and they respond to it, it's just, I mean, they were kind of indignant about that. Today we rejoice. But I wonder if there's a people group that if they responded to God, would we still rejoice? I think so. I think if, if, if we got report that ISIS heard the gospel and they repented, wouldn't we rejoice? Yeah, we would, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You just think of all the different, different places where the enemy tries to get us to segregate ourselves from the rest of humanity because somehow our morality or our, our standard, our values, and, and so we look down on everything. And, and we don't find that in the heart of the Father. We don't find that in, in the heart of Jesus. We don't find that with the Holy Spirit. They are always inclusive. They want to get as many exposed to the incredible love that they have for humanity. And so there we go. So the Gentiles received the word, we got a problem. The news spread throughout Judea and and they're criticizing Peter because he went into the house and he not only went into the house of uncircumcised men, but he ate with them. Oh my, we got the double whammy, the double whammy. Peter is in big trouble. So the solution, he just explained to them precisely what had happened. This is the power of testimony, folks. There's a lot of people that can be upset with how God is using you or how close your intimacy, your relationship with God is getting. But when you give your testimony, there's very little to argue with when you when you're able to say this is how I used to live and then I met Jesus and this is now how I'm living it you can't argue with it you can't argue with it you might not agree with it but you can't argue with it so here is Peter and he's giving a precise explanation of what happened so precise that we go and we relive the whole event again right right in the scriptures like the third time now that we go through this whole, this whole construction of how he got to Cornelius's house. So he starts. He says, "I was in Joppa. Guys from Caesarea came. Oh, wh- while I'm in Joppa, this is what what I was doing. I was praying. While I was praying, I had a trance. Went into a trance. That that'll get us kind of nervous, right? Sounds a little New Ageish or something, you know? In a trance, yeah." Uh, when, when you're in a trance, it's, you, you get so overwhelmed with the presence of God that you're, you're totally unaware of your surroundings. Totally unaware of your surroundings. Sometimes you can kind of be in a, in a sleep type state where the presence is so overwhelming that it, you just kind of shut your eyes and you're out of it and you're, you're with him. Uh, I've I've had some interesting experiences uh, where his presence is so overwhelmed. Uh, A lot of times I'm aware of what's going on around, but you know what, I could care less what's going on around me because I am so, so present and so overwhelmed with the goodness of the presence of the Lord. So he has a vision while he's in this trance. And in this vision, (laughs) you know, this sheet comes down And it's got everything that he's not supposed to eat on it. It's got banana splits, hot fudge sundaes. It's got brownies. It's got, you know, it's got all the things that would make a Jew unclean and unfit to go into the presence of God, to enter into the synagogue or the temple. And so it had all of this stuff. And and then the voice says, rise, kill, and eat. Calls him by name. Peter, get up kill eat and he said no no I've never done that you know give them his track record all these years I've never put anything impure in my mouth nothing don't eat that stuff okay the voice does it again we find something that gets repeated in the scripture this whole account gets repeated three times and this vision gets repeated three times So if Peter is precise in his explanation, we find that this vision gets stated in just chapters 10 and 11, nine times. Nine times he tells them about the sheet that comes from heaven and the voice that says, rise, kill and eat. And and Peter is so confused as, as a devout apostle of the Lord Jesus and as a devout Jew, he doesn't know what to do. But the voice speaks the second time. He says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean, okay, Peter is probably starting to get some level of awareness of what's going on. right then, <clears throat> Peter's thinking about this trance, he's thinking about this vision, he's thinking about the sheet and the animals he's 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 reminiscing he's he's going back over and contemplating what the voice said, and then three guys start not you know, three guys that that Cornelius has sent is now at his door. And the Holy Spirit says, don't hesitate to go with them. Don't hesitate. They're coming, they have had supernatural revelation that they're looking for Simon Peter at this house. And and so it all connects, They're, they're there. Peter has no reservation, the Holy Spirit has spoken to his heart, and he's ready to go. I can go off on a little rabbit trail here, that's why there's no substitute for a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, if, if, if you use this as, as just a book that you wanna get accurate doctrine so that you have a correct intellectual belief system and, and you try to live your life according to the principles of this, if Peter just went by his Jewish Bible that he had, Cornelius' house would never have been visited you have to have that personal relationship with the Lord himself so that when he tells you something specific you are able then to listen and hear and follow and go in the direction that he's that he's leading you I pray that we don't fall into the pattern of, of the early Jewish believers that couldn't get the relationship that was living with Jesus outside of the box of their doctrine. And therefore they couldn't do certain things when even the Holy Spirit is telling telling them to do something. That's why, I remember my dad, he used to quote an evangelist and he'd, he'd say, you know, you got just enough religion to bug you and not to bless you. And sometimes when we come to, when we come into Christianity, we, we, we learn the do's and don'ts and we, we've got all of that and we've got enough, we've got enough education of understanding what it is that basically we've armed Satan with a whole line of attack fronts that he can make us feel condemned and all this because we haven't entered into a personal relationship with Jesus the personal relationship with Jesus is what trumps all of that then the enemy can't use quote the Bible the doctrine to to try to confuse us what what do you mean well the devil used the scriptures when he was tempting Jesus in the 40 days in the wilderness he says is it not written and, and it, over and over and over again, I mean, the devil knows the, the Bible. And just because we know the Bible doesn't mean that we have an intimate relationship with God. We gotta have that intimate relationship with God that makes this thing come alive. Then the word is really, really powerful when we have the spirit and the word as we're building our personal relationship with the Lord himself. I, I, If we could get inside the heart of Peter, if he had a Fitbit on, and when he goes into Cornelius' house, I wonder what his blood pressure and his heart rate was. Because I'm certain that as he walked in that house, he figured, boy, I better be hearing right from God or a lightning bolt's probably going to hit me. You know, it was probably one of those things where he was, he was stepping and he didn't know if he was about to commit the unpardonable sin or, you know, the way sometimes we think is like, oh, my ministry's going to be ruined if I do this because it's going to get out that I, you know, went into, you know, uh, the dancers strip club because the Holy Spirit told me to. And now that gets out and everybody knows, yeah. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit that told you to go in there, yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit is telling people to go in places that the church would frown upon all the time. And if your relationship is, is so connected with the heart of the Father and the heart of the Son, the heart of the Holy Spirit, that you will follow and go wherever he leads you, not worried about what others are going to think. You know, there's been so many different times that I've been in places where I knew that if this gets out, there goes my reputation. Uh, Who cares? What you find in your walk with Jesus, obedience is everything. Loving obedience because you love him and you're hearing his voice and he's leading you. See, this whole passage of Scripture is based on the supposition that God speaks to us. He speaks to us. He's always speaking to us. Just many times we don't have our ears on. We're, we're unaware and, and sometimes we get the, the, the thing that just really bothers me is we, we classify this as sacred time and over here this is secular time. And so when I'm in my secular mode, then I don't listen for God. But when I'm in my sacred mode, that's when I listen for God. God doesn't understand that. He's speaking the same regardless of where you are. Gosh, I remember in the early days of my walk with Jesus, I was, so, I was so attuned to that God only did certain things when you're in the sanctuary of the church that as I was leading others to Christ, I would almost hesitate to lead them in a prayer of repentance until we got to the altar at the church. So we had to wait till Sunday. And it's like, oh, we got to understand, everything's sacred to God. Right on. We're, we never, we never do that. We, we as human beings oftentimes will categorize things, you know. I remember Jen Johnson, uh, she's a worship leader out at Bethel. Her husband's the main worship guy out there. And she was getting in the car to go with Bill Johnson. They were going to a meeting and she was gonna lead worship. And she says, "Noel, well, now it's time to take off my mommy hat and put on my worship hat. And she, she shared the story that her father-in-law, Bill, said, "Oh, well, you should never take that one off. Leave your worship hat on all the time. I thought, <laughs> yes. Let's always keep our, our connection with him and be aware that he wants to talk to you all the time, all the time. There's not an activity that you can be doing that he's not speaking. I find that he loves to talk through movies. Gosh, he really, he nailed me a couple of wonderful things. Just, nail sounds like a negative, but no, it was glorious. It was wonderful. Some things that I, that I saw. I was watching some Star Wars. Have you seen, if you've got cable TV, I mean, Star Wars has just been running all weekend. All weekend long and all this kind of stuff. And And just the the ways in which the Spirit will point out something. You've seen it a billion times, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will highlight something. God is always speaking. He's always speaking to us. Let's make sure we we don't take our ears off. Always keep our ears on. Okay, so where are we? I went on that rabbit trail. Uh, So without any hesitation, they're in Caesarea. Uh, As they enter, we get Cornelius is telling Peter what he's already heard, that uh, an angel said, send a Joppa for Simon, and he will bring a message through which you and your whole household will be saved, which is really interesting. And all the others, it says, go get him. He's, he's got a message for you. We don't, we don't see the salvation until now it gets reported as Peter is being able to interpret all that had happened And so Peter says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he'd come on us at the beginning. He's describing the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on them just like he did us as we were waiting on him. And and, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit, one of of the functions of the Holy Spirit that Jesus tells us in John is that the, the Spirit will remind us of all that Jesus said and did. He will bring to full remembrance all that Jesus Christ said and did. And so, boom, the Holy Spirit falls upon Cornelius' household. And when Peter sees it, he remembers. He remembers what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So God gave them the same gift as he gave us all who believe gets the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what can I do? Do I oppose God? I wouldn't do that. They had the same kind of thing, the same dynamic that's earlier in, chap- in the earlier chapters of Acts when, when Peter and John are preaching in the temple and they get arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin the the Jewish council and they're trying to figure out what to do because they're declaring that Jesus is risen from the dead and they're proclaiming life in his name and so they're preaching the gospel and 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 if you remember the second time that they're in the in this big trouble the Jewish council wants to kill him, but Gamaliel one of, one of the Pharisees stands up and says, you know, we've got, a, we've got a precedent on this. This has happened several times. And you know, it, it's come to nothing where there was supposed to be someone who was Messiah-like and, and after the death, it just dissipated. And so they're planning on that. But Gamaliel says, but if it is from God, you will be opposing God. Wow. and so now the church is in that same spot and God is working in a way that's outside what we thought he was supposed to do what we thought his intentions were and now it's more inclusive than we realized and it's like what do we do we don't want to oppose God Hmm. and so that's where they go. When I see this, I get excited just thinking of the power of the gospel, the power of the risen Lord, that when we declare Jesus, the son of God, who loved us so much that he gave his life for us, where the enemy has used everything he can to bring the maximum distance between us and God, Jesus has come to bridge the gap and to reunite us with him. And the, uh, the thing that keeps us the furthest from the Lord is our own sense of, uh, of conviction, of, of shame, of, of sin and guilt. And when Jesus sheds his blood to atone for our, all of our sin and we, we realize what he's done, we realize that, We just didn't get a a pass to get out of jail. That when Jesus comes to live in our hearts, when we invite him to be Lord of our life, there's a new creation. Because we are in him and he is in us. This isn't an intellectual exercise to become a Christian. This is a spirit reality that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Now, to help you understand that, oh, yes. you're beyond a human being now, if you're in Christ. <laughs> what? There's a sense in which when, when we are a new creation, the sense is, there is that we're almost a new species. We go back to what God intended when he created Adam. All that was lost through the fall has been completely restored in Christ. And when, we can err on two sides of this. We can err on the side that, well, the fall really wasn't that bad. You know, we just stumbled. No, the fall was like dropping an egg off the Empire State Building and it hit in the sidewalk. How do you put that back together? It takes supernatural. It takes God to put something like that. So we've got to understand the magnitude of the fall if we understand the magnitude of conversion, of what it means to be born again. What does it mean to be in Christ? When we understand what it means to be in Christ, there is uh, uh, not just a forgiveness of sin, there, there is an, a restoration that has begun that will continue to the day of Jesus. I love that when Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, I am confident that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion, who will make it complete at the day of Christ. And a lot of times we think the day of Christ is gonna be when he returns. Da, da, da. The day of Christ is today. Do you realize that there is no restriction on how complete you can be in Christ because of the day of Christ? The day of Christ is the day that we embrace Christ with everything that we have. (laughs) Oftentimes we keep looking at it as an eschatological event that's gonna gonna happen in the future. If we haven't got there before, we will get there then. But I, I want to encourage you to not get sucked in that this is as good as it gets if we can just hold on a little longer jesus a return and then maybe we can really become what we're supposed to be no you are a new creation and you can let the day of christ be today if you want and what we know of the day of christ today guess what as we get to know him we know more about what the day of christ is tomorrow do you understand it's from glory to glory. It's not getting by, by the skin of my teeth today and doing my best and white knuckling it through tomorrow and doing my best and try to white. No, it's, it's a reality that as I live in the fullness of Christ, all that I know of Christ today, guess what? What I know of him today sets the stage for tomorrow. And there's more of him. And there's more of him. So this is not a static, this is not a, an attainment. That's, I think that's where we get confused because we get afraid of heresy, thinking that we're saying, okay, here's the day and I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, I'm everything. Well, I am for today, but guess what? Tomorrow, there's even more to step into. There's even more incredibleness to step into tomorrow. And the enemy gets us to, to go and, and to, to water this thing down, to dilute it, and we don't go from glory to glory. We go and we stay the same, we stay the same, we stay the same, we stay the same. But you know what happens when we stay the same? Christ is getting bigger each day. We're staying the same. We're missing the opportunity of becoming what he longs, always longed for us to become. And it's like, oh, folks, live in him you're a new creation I don't know if the species things helps you or messes with you if it doesn't help you just pitch it but for, for me it kind of helps you know because have you ever felt like you're just a little different now you know I find the things that I would use to just go nuts over I don't go nuts over and I can't figure out why that is oh I'm in Christ And Christ is in me. And that's changing what I believe is true even about me. Okay. Well, let's land this puppy. Hmm. I believe it's the heart of the Father to call each one of his sons and daughters to step into the day of Christ today. To really understand that in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we need to celebrate that. And if we've, if, if, if we've been going along for a certain amount of time and we've kind of plateaued, today's a day of grace to just enter into fullness. Enter into the next all that he wants to reveal of himself. And for you to embrace that, he's loving, he's kind, he never shames us. He doesn't say, well, finally, I'm glad we got through first grade, now let's get going on second grade level of glory. No, 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 he never does that. When you are with him, whatever level of glory that you're entering in, in that in Christ bond, It's totally complete. It's totally complete. The thing that blows our minds is that the next day, the invitation for even more. That's that's the thing that's so incredible about God. So wonderful. And that's what keeps us from, you know, the best deterrent to sin is not pressure that I got to stop doing this. It's moving more closer to Him and understanding the glory of that intimate relationship and it just continues to go and go and go. And then now my concern is I want to protect this relationship above everything else. This is the supreme value of my life and I need to make decisions on a day-to-day basis that protects this wondrous, glorious intimacy that I have with Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the second closing. Third closing's coming up, no. I was just talking with the Lord and I was just asking him the things that I wanted to put on my hit list. I don't know if you have a hit list, but corporately, if this resonates with you, I, I would encourage you to put this on. If, if, if the Lord's dealing with you personally in your heart right now, you stay connected to him this is kind of corporate thing. I think we're to go after cancer. We've, we've been going after cancer. I wanna see cancer kneel to the lordship of Jesus today. Today. Uh, I, I know that when he returns, it, but I think we've been deputized in the name of Jesus. We've been authorized. We've been given power, delegated power that comes from Jesus. We need to exercise lordship the Lordship of Jesus over cancer, put that there. Deafness, I think we're called to go after deafness. In this little church, we've got more deaf people who have hearing loss than any church I've ever been. And I've pastored churches with hundreds of people. We've got an unusually high level of deafness. I wanna, I wanna see the Lordship of Jesus over all deafness. There are diabetes. Of which i'm one i'm in the process of, of learning how to partner with the lord and i want to see that thing kicked i know it won't be with me in heaven and if i'm truly praying on earth as it is in heaven then i need to look at some of the things that are that are not in heaven but are on earth that i'm experiencing that i want to partner with the lord and say lord teach me i don't understand this i prayed i've been prayed for i i pursue that i continue to pursue it but uh, need to go, and I know all of you out there that's got your practical wisdom, bald, fat boy, if you lose some weight, your need for insulin will go down. Just save that advice for yourself. And uh, I I am totally aware of it, but that's not the point. I, I I am trying to cooperate. I've lost 10 pounds, so we're moving in the right direction. And then backs. You know, we've got chronic back pain in this church. I think the enemy's trying to just be a pain in our back. And I think it's time to figure out how do we get rid of the pain in our back, okay? Now, if you have some things that you would like to nominate to be on the list, let me know. I see that hand. Gloria, you've always got a green light,
1: sweetie. I just really feel like there's at least one person, and and I feel I feel like there's more than one, that has misunderstood a little bit about what Rick was talking about when you were talking about what the Lord has for us. I feel like there's a few people at least that heard that kind of as leaning toward the name it and the claim it kind of thing, and the um, but that's not. The Lord's heart, and that's not our pastor's heart. We grow more and more every day with the Lord, not so that we can say to other people, "Look at me, look at me." The mic just went off, or I turned it off. Take a look; it just goes. There it goes. Um, and it isn't, it isn't for selfies, you know. So we can <laughs> share with the world, "Look at me, look at me." It, the Lord wants us to grow with Him for the selfless ease, so we can partner with him and say, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? Who do you want me to touch today? Mm -hmm. That's what pastor's talking about. It isn't about more, more, more just for me, just for me, just for me. It's partnering with him for others. And, and so I just, I just really felt like the Lord wanted to clarify that.
0: Amen. Thanks, God. Amen. Good, 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 good. Okay, I'm way over. So if you have anything else put on the hit list, put it on your Connect card, sit, and drop it in the, in the box at the information, and we'll add to that.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.